A person who's normally that musical and takes me a few songs before I get it, and uh, it's very blessed to welcome the Holy Spirit into into my life because I have to keep doing that. Why don't you take your Bibles, if you would, and turn to Acts chapter 6 on your phones, in your Bibles, wherever you find it. We're going verse by verse through the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. This is the story of the earliest church, and it's sort of a raucous Wild West <laughs> run through history here. All kinds of crazy things are happening. The church is brand new. They're just getting started. Jesus has ascended into heaven. Pentecost has come. People have been filled with the Holy Spirit, and they're off to the races. So we're looking at Acts 6, 1 through 7 today. And my question for you and for me is, how do we upgrade our souls? How do we grow spiritually? Part of that is just being present with one another. There's something very special about that this morning. But we're going to look at some people who were big into upgrades. Why should we upgrade our souls? If we upgrade ourselves spiritually, it helps us with vocational guidance. Why do we need vocational guidance? I've said this so many times. It's so easy to get saved. All you do is just pray for Jesus to forgive your sins and receive what he has for you. It's so easy. But what's hard is figuring out what you're supposed to do with your life. That's challenging because it never stays done. You get it figured out for a few days, and next thing you know, things change around you. It's not that you change, but the world changes, and you have to kind of figure out, how do I adapt to this? The vocational question is the hardest, I think, of all spiritual questions. And it's something we have to work on almost every day. Relational guidance. I would think that I'd be better at relationships. I'm 62. I think would have, should have figured it out by now. How many of you just think, oh my goodness, here comes another challenging relationship? We've got them in our families. We've got them with our clients at work. We've got them in our neighbors. Everybody has at least one weird neighbor. I mean, it's just the way things go. You've got those kind of things. You have to kind of work out the challenges with relationships, health, strength, fitness, being strong and being able to do what you need to do in your life. And we need the spiritual upgrade for these things. Financial decisions. You know, I'm just not used to paying $16 for a hamburger, but it's happening a lot right now. There's just, the prices are just crazy for all kinds of things. And so I'm asking myself, so how do I navigate this whole new landscape of the economy? It's different than it was. What do I spend? What do I save? What do I invest? How do I do this? It was, things kind of stayed the same for a long time and all of a sudden everything's shifting. And so I need guidance from the Lord financially. Spiritual awakening, being more aware of the Lord's presence. Those of us living in North America and Western Europe, we kind of tend to think of God as a concept rather than a presence. And we, we often don't get a sense of, as we were just singing, being more aware of his presence. Here I am trying to lead this church, and there's times where I go through like hours in the day where I haven't been aware of God's presence at all. And I think, well, wait a minute. Uh, I should be better at this if I'm telling other people how to do it. Emotional joy. I really struggled with that last week. I don't know what happened. I had some just days where I just felt out of sorts for no reason. Is that just me or is that up in some, some of you too where you just 
you just can't you can't get something going and you just wonder where is that joy coming from and you can't generate it yourself so this is why we need spiritual upgrades for all of these things the answers to our challenges are often spiritual if we get the spiritual thing working these other things tend to fall into place so we're going to be looking at spiritual upgrades today and we're going to be dealing with a situation which was a problem with the early apostles they had daily meals together and people started bickering about who was getting what and they had to solve the problem so let's look at Acts 6 1 through 2 as the believers rapidly multiplied there were rumblings of discontent the Greek speaking believers complained that the Hebrew speaking believers saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food there was rumbling going on rumbling who thinks there's rumbling going on in our country right now just, uh, just a lot of rumbling everybody rumbling at everybody lots of rumbling not a lot of wisdom and so they're trying to solve this problem here so the 12 the 12 apostles called a meeting of all the believers they said we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God not running a food program so basically the Bible teachers were being drawn into the bickerings over who gets what food here's the problem with leadership those of you not in leadership I would invite you to avoid it it's it's uh, it's not what it's cracked up to be uh, poor Karen back there just came back from the mission field and she just wanted to be a nurse but she just get pulled into leadership all the time and it's 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 overrated sometimes isn't it making those decisions here's the problem with leadership people tell you two things which are completely at odds with each other you can only lead by example you got to get out there and do things and you have to delegate how do those two things fit together not very well lead by example get out there and just get in the trenches roll up your roll up your sleeves like everyone else and do what everyone else is doing well you do that next thing you know you're not leading anymore you're just doing whatever else is doing you're not organizing you're not managing you're not administrating you're not guiding you're not doing a vision you're not doing anything and there's nobody at the helm of the boat because you're swabbing the decks on the other hand you do have to show up and be present with people who are working but then also you've got to learn how to delegate and delegating by definition is not leading by example it's having other people do things for you who here has been in leadership and have been challenged by this one this is this is this is tough do you delegate or do you do it yourself if it's gonna be it's gonna be up to me well if you do that you'll never be a leader but if you be a leader then you get detached from the people you're leading if you're not showing up and anyone who's been in leadership has had trouble with this and this is what the apostles were dealing with they said hey we can't be in charge of the food program and teach the word on the other hand you got to lead by example and show up and wait on tables sometimes you don't want to be too proud to do that so if you've been in leadership you've been in this tension that's going to happen no matter what some of you are looking with blank looks because you're not in leadership stay there it's it's much better to just uh, avoid it Acts 6 3 through 7 so brethren select seven who are well respected and are full of the spirit and wisdom we will give them this responsibility then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word everyone liked the idea are they talking delegating or are they talking leading by example they're talking about delegating in this case Stephen a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit Philip Procurus 
Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas of Antioch, an earlier convert to the, the Jewish faith. So you've got seven guys, and these are called now deacons. Diakonia means service. These are the people in charge of the food program. But that didn't work either because two of them broke out of that pretty quick. Stephen became the greatest speaker and preacher, and Philip became one of the best evangelists. So the top two on the list there didn't stay in that role very long. These seven were presented to the apostles who prayed for them as they laid their hands on them. So God's message continued to spread. The number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem, and many of the Jewish priests were converted too. So, let's go back here. And they're looking for people who are full of the Spirit and wisdom. Repeat after me. Full of the Spirit and wisdom. These are the two elements of a spiritual upgrade. To grow in wisdom, and to, you can stop repeating me now. <laughs> growing in wisdom and growing in our openness to the Holy Spirit's presence. Those are the two keys to spiritual upgrades, which help us with all those other things we're talking about. They picked men who were full of the Spirit and wisdom. This is a great combination you've got someone who's just full of wisdom but isn't connected to God, isn't full of the Spirit, you've got a problem. You've got someone who is full of the Spirit but foolish, you've got a problem too. I've seen Spirit-filled people do the stupidest things because they're not very wise. And I've seen wise people who aren't connected to the Spirit at all, hardly know God, and they just have this sense of, uh, yeah, learning or whatever. So, we look at the Holy Spirit and wisdom. I've got two pictures up there, wisdom and the Holy Spirit. We want to grow in those two things. Anybody here think you have too much of either? Some of you, like me, aren't real happy about getting older. But on the other hand, getting older, you grow in wisdom. That is a big advantage to growing older. Ask anyone in their 60s if they want their 20-something brain. They don't. Uh, they, they're glad that they have the experience that they have. And so, actually, wisdom is something which can accumulate over time if we're intentional about it. Who knows foolish old people, though, who never did get that one? They didn't get the, they just got weirder and weirder and stranger and stranger, and they just, you know, the whole thing. You, you, you've met a few of those. Not everybody who's older is wiser. It's our choice. I've said this before. We all start out as grape juice. Some of us end up fine wine. Some of us end up vinegar. It just, it, it, it's which path you want to take as you go. We're going to look first at wisdom. How do we grow in wisdom? We're going to go real deep into the words that the Bible people used. Greek speakers in the New Testament used the word Sophia. Sophia is a great girl's name. It means wisdom. Philosophia means to be a friend of wisdom. If you're a philosopher, you're someone who is a friend of wisdom. The book of Proverbs says, with all you're getting, get wisdom. Go after that wisdom. The Greeks were known for wisdom. They invented philosophy. They taught us how to think the way we think. They invented logic as we now know it. They invented the scientific method for that matter. The Greeks were pretty sharp people when it came to wisdom, but the Hebrews were even better. The Hebrews took the word Sophia, and they had two words for it. I don't know if this is true but the Inuit, the Eskimos, they say they have like 15 words for snow or something like that. I, if it's not true, it should be. But if you look at wisdom, the Hebrews had two words for what the Greeks had one, Sophia. 
And these two words were chokhmah and bina. Chokhmah and bina, two different kinds of wisdom. Who here has seen a lawyer interviewed on TV and there's a whole bunch of law books behind them? They haven't memorized all that stuff. It's just there. So there's those really nice bound books behind them in a, in a row. That's chokhmah. That's what's called external wisdom, wisdom outside of you, wisdom that you look up, wisdom that you have access to, wisdom that you are learning. The Bible is a great source of chokhmah because none of us can figure out the whole Bible. I broke my head open over, over Zechariah 11 yesterday. If you want to look at Zechariah 11 sometime, I'm translating it for the Passion Translation. It is a monster to translate. Absolute monster. The Bible is full of lots of great wisdom. External wisdom. Because nobody masters the Bible. The Bible can master us over time. Bina is internalized wisdom. Walking here to this seat from your car, almost none of you thought left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. You, you've got that down. Most of you can ride a bike without thinking about it. Most of you can write. If you're blindfolded, you could still write because you know how to do that. Bina is internalized wisdom. The goal of wisdom is to take externalized wisdom and turn it into internalized wisdom. To get as much of it inside of you as possible so that you automatically do it. One of my favorite movies ever was The Karate Kid. Who remembers that? Is, is, am I dating myself? Some of you too young to know about that movie, but uh, The Karate Kid was, was a great movie, and Mr. Miyagi has the hero of the, of the story wax on and wax off his old cars. He says, what am I doing this for? Well, that was Hochma, and he ended up internalizing that so that he could fight when the time came automatically. That was turning Hochma into... Bina, and that's what Mr. Miyagi was teaching his pupil. How to turn external into internal. When I used to coach wrestling, I used to coach five moves. One up move, one down move, one takedown, one counter, and one pinning combination that you can do under all kinds of pressure. Wrestling coaches teach kids too many moves, and they, they, they haven't Binaized them, if that makes any sense. And they have to think about it. They've got to be able to do it while you're, while you're under pressure. And you're under pressure when you're wrestling. You've got to be able to do it under pressure. So you, we tried to, I tried to make those moves, those five moves, Bina moves that they could do no matter what, even if they're behind, if they're losing, if they're out of breath, whatever. So the whole goal of wisdom is to take good external wisdom and turn it into internal wisdom and continue that process. Who thinks it's easy to get lazy and just quit doing that? We have to continue to work on that. We ought to always be learning things. So here's some tips, some wisdom practicalities, how we can grow in wisdom so that we can have a spiritual upgrade and upgrade for our souls so that we can handle those problems better because we're all going to face those problems. During the worship set, while they're singing up here, even if you're not a singer, speak the words out. Virtually every phrase in these songs is from the Bible. And what you're doing is wax on, wax off, and you're internalizing these phrases from the, you're memorizing the Bible as you sing these songs. Virtually every phrase in all the songs we sing here are somewhere in the Bible. And what you end up doing then is internalizing them. 
How many of you on a Tuesday found, find yourself humming one of the songs we sang on Sunday? And that's continuing to go around in your soul. It's so important if you're at home, if you're listening to praise and worship music or, or classic hymns, to speak the words out. In speaking the words out, it, it really does something. It creates bina inside of us. It's wax on, wax off, so that we can use those phrases when those things come up. I guarantee you people that sing a lot of Christian songs know a lot of Bible. That's the way that works. So I would invite you to do some of that because there's a lot of wisdom in the Bible. Start with some intellectual humility. Socrates, one of the greatest thinkers of all time, said, I'm the wisest man in Athens because I know that I don't know everything. This country is way too full of people who think they know everything. And the older we get, the more humble we should be. A little humility, intellectually, would go a long ways. Because if you think you know everything, you're not teachable. And if you're not teachable, you're not learning anything. We need to continue to have some intellectual openness to what other people are saying. Be better listeners and maybe talk a little bit less. Cultivate a hunger for wisdom. Some of you I know, the minute we mention anything, you're looking it up on your phone, which is cool. Because you really want to know. You, you want to look this up. You want to find things out and ask the Lord to give you that hunger for wisdom. Read Proverbs especially. Proverbs is full of wisdom and rest of the Bible too. But there's something about the book of Proverbs which we've been reading through as a church which gives us fantastic, a fantastic um, foundation of wisdom. Learn a second language. I would really invite almost everybody. How many of you here can speak a second language enough where you can, you can, know, you can find the bus station, you can order food, you can do a bunch? Who, who here knows a couple languages? I would really invite you to pick up a third one if you're one of those people and also just to learn another language because it teaches you there's different ways to think. It's not just a different word for everything. Most of them have a different operating system. And that operating system gives you muscles. Why do you think Jewish people have been so high achieving? It's called the bar mitzvah. They all, it's a reading test. They have to learn how to read Hebrew, which is an ancient language, and get up in front of people when they're in junior high and read from the book. That creates a fitness intellectually, which has given them an incredible leg up on all kinds of things. Oh, people should just learn English. Okay, fine. If people want to learn English, that's great. But we should also be learning other languages so we can grow in wisdom. First thing you'll learn when you learn another language is people think differently. They really do, and it's based on their language. Think about it. Hebrew doesn't have a past, present, and future. How many of you think they think a little differently than we do? With no timeline. Way different. It's a different way of looking. Spend, travel and spend little. I just mentioned this to Henry today. Henry, by the way, is going back home. He's been with us for five weeks. And so this is his last time with us. So, oh. <laughs> But uh, Henry, he and I were talking about traveling. He'd uh, gone through Mexico on public buses and really learned a lot. The less you spend when you travel, the more you'll learn. Americans insulate themselves from their travel by fancy resorts and cruise ships and everything else, and they don't really 
I would never want to talk about my brother this way, but he actually uh, took an American boat off the coast of Israel so he didn't have to eat the food there. Just, uh, so, you know, it's... <laughs> you, learn more, you learn more the less you spend when you travel and the less you insulate yourself against what you're really trying to see. I guarantee you, taking a bus through Mexico, you're going to learn a lot more about Mexico than taking a, a five-star tour through Mexico. Travel. And it doesn't have to be foreign. Just going to the little towns. And this is really important. When you're on vacation, go to church on Sunday. You'll learn more about that community in one hour than you will in a whole week of traveling around. Wendy? Yeah, you in Peru, the church service you guys went to, one of the highlights, you get to see the real people. And they're in there. I would really recommend that. Go to church. Besides, it's free. Just show up, you know, and uh, you might get a free donut out of it. It's just hang around with wiser people. Hang around with smart people. If you want to be fit, hang around with fit people. If you want to be wise, hang around with wise. If you want to be wealthy, hang around with wealthy people. If you want to be, it's, it really is, we're a lot like the five people we hang around with the most. It's amazing how if you hang around with wiser people, it will rub off on you. I'm always trying to, to hang around with wiser people. It's, it helps. I like to go to Concordia University on Tuesdays and go to chapel and try to find at least a few professors to talk to every Tuesday. Professors who know things about fields I don't know anything about. Try to have lunch with them. Then you end up being around people who are ahead of you. It's a really good idea to do that. Ask for it. Solomon was given a wish. It sounds like a, a fable, doesn't it? Where the genie gives you three wishes or something. But God gave Solomon a wish. You can ask anything you, you can have anything you want. You want riches? Do you want a great empire? Do you want, what was it you wanted? And Solomon chose to ask for wisdom. If you don't have wisdom, ask the Lord for it. Ask the Lord to give you wisdom. This is what Solomon said, Give me the wisdom and knowledge to lead them properly, who, for who could possibly govern this great people of yours? Ask for wisdom. Ask, Lord, give me wisdom in this decision. A lot of the decisions we face are really complicated. Even leadership decisions. Should I lead by example or should I delegate? What should I do here? How, how should I spend my money? Should I be investing right now? Should I be, am I in the right job? Should I be doing something else? Am I hanging around with the right people? All of those things. So that is the wisdom part. There's two ways to grow, to grow our souls, to upgrade our souls. One is through wisdom, and the second one is through the presence of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to talk about being filled with or baptized with the Holy Spirit. The first way to get an upgrade is wisdom. The second way is through being more open to the Holy Spirit. A great... Uh, philosophical and, uh, and um, spiritual movie, which w was greatly moving, was Nacho Libre. I, I absolutely love this movie. It's just absolutely fantastic. I just, it, it, just, it just hit me in a funny way. And I love how he says to his little friend, so how come you're not baptized? And then he brings water in front of him and just dunks his head in there and says, congratulations. <laughs> And what I want to say by that is, 
Water baptism is important. How many of you here have been baptized in the water? It's important. God says get baptized. Water, baptize, water baptism is good. Spirit baptism is better. And they're not exactly the same thing. And you've probably been baptized in the Spirit several times. It might have been out in nature where you had an overwhelming sense of the presence of God. It might have been when your first child was born and you just felt the, the presence of God's life all around you. It might have been while you're singing. It might, it might have been when you're in the Bible. There's a lot of ways this can happen. And once you've been filled with the Spirit, you start to recognize being filled with the Spirit in lots of ways. They're not the same, though, as water. This is in Mark 1.8. I, John the Baptist, baptize you with water, but he, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. There's a difference. Water baptism is great. Being filled with the Spirit is even better and more important. Because if I were, if you're a parent, if you're God, would you rather people be water baptized? If they only had one thing, water baptized or spirit baptized, which would you choose for your children? You'd want your children to be connected to God in a personal way. And the great thing about spirit baptism is you get free refills. Now, we've talked about this before. How many of you have been to Europe? And you order a Pepsi and it comes in the size of a little juice can. And it's like five bucks. And it's warm. There's no ice or nothing. And if you ask for more, they'll bring you another one. But guess what? It's another five bucks. Or they'll bring you a thimble full of coffee. It's just little itty bitty coffee cups. None of this big old Starbucks, sh sh they got different words for all kinds of things. Trentis, Dues, and Blufos, or whatever they are. They're just different, you know, all these different. You, you see American with these gigantic coffee things, right? Because they're just this, this huge things. And a lot of places will give you free refills at, at, uh, at a Starbucks. It's not a one-time thing. We can be filled with the Spirit over and over and over again. There's free refills here involved. Acts 6, verse 3. We're going back to this, pa this passage. And so, brethren, select seven men who are what? Full of the Spirit and wisdom. I'm going to invite, I'm gonna invite uh, um, Tamara, if you'll come up here with, with Stan, and I'm going to go over here with Wendy. And if I can invite someone to come up and play some instrumental music, we're going to invite people to come forward. Now, not everyone has to. But I'd like you to pray at least this prayer with the Lord. And ask the Lord, Lord, would you like me to ask for wisdom? Would you like, to, would you like me to ask to be filled with the Spirit? Would you like to ask me for, for both? What would you want to ask for? You'll have a chance to come up here and get prayer. Now, everybody doesn't have to get prayer today. And if you want to, you can just meet outside. We're going to do the prayer walk. If you'd rather do that, that's fine. We're going to do the prayer walk together after we're done. But I would really invite everyone to spend some time asking the Lord, do I need more wisdom? Do I need more of the Spirit? Do I need both? And come up and ask, and we'll ask you, which would you like to pray for? And we'll pray for you. And it's not going to be like a long counseling session or anything like that, just a real short little prayer for you to be filled with the Spirit to receive more wisdom as Solomon did. But I think we all could use an upgrade, especially facing the times we're facing right now, where everything is just kind of up in the air and all kinds of crazy stuff happening in our country. A little wisdom 
and a little presence of the Spirit would be a really good thing. Those of you watching online, don't hesitate to get in touch with, with uh, uh, one of our faraway friends, pastors. Get in touch with one of them, and they'd be glad to pray for you too, or you can get in touch with the church. We'd be glad to pray for you also. But I just want to offer that for people. So let's spend some time asking the Lord what to pray for. And we'll have two stations up here. And then after we're done today, we're going to meet outside and we're going to do a little prayer walk around the property. And uh, we're going to make sure that we pray for the Lord's will to be done with this property.
stay up here for prayer and ask uh, Stan and uh, Tamara to go out and kind of get ready with the, the prayer block. And if you're welcome to go join us in the prayer block, please do. We're going to go around the property and, and uh, pray for the Lord's blessing on the property. So we're facing some fairly big challenges with the property and the challenges that are facing our members and sister congregation. So uh, go ahead and do that and we'll see you again next week. But I will be up here for prayer for anybody who still want prayer for wisdom and for the filling of the Spirit.